How's everybody doing tonight? I was crying uh, when I saw, I saw in some paper floating around that Rachel was going to be doing my introduction, so I was crying already because <laughs> family means the world to me, and uh, most people know that, you know, I've been going to Dallas, Texas, and, but I'm home now, <laughs> and so that was probably one of the hardest things to leave my family when I pursued the call of God in my life, but like you'll hear uh, as I begin to preach that I'm a firm believer that no matter what you do for God, He is going to be faithful, and He will do exceeding abundantly above all that you could think or ask. And I just praise God, and I thank God for this opportunity to be here tonight. And I want to thank Linda Rumley, where is she? <laughs> uh, I want to thank Linda for, oh, she's back there. I want to thank Linda for putting her heart and soul into this night. Like it's been already said, it's because of her that uh, we're here. It's because of her that this night is possible. And I also want to give a shout out to our awesome pastor's wives in the house tonight, uh, which is Rachel, my sister, uh, her and her husband, pastor of this church, and then also Andrea. And I was kind of laughing when Andrea got up here and was saying, oh, I don't like to do this, but I want to tell her and Rachel both, you better get ready because it's going to be you up here uh, before too long. So, but uh, like I said, I just thank God for this opportunity. And I thank God for every person here. And if I started calling out names, I'd get in trouble. But you know who you are. There's so many here uh, tonight that are spe so special to me and dear to my heart. And even if I don't know you, I thank God that you're here tonight. Because one thing I've been faithful over um, ever since that I knew that I was going to be speaking tonight, I've been calling out to Jesus, the, the people that would be here. I didn't know your name, but Jesus knows your name. And I've been praying for you. And daily, I've been speaking the Word of God over you, and I just believe that God has great things in store for each and every person here tonight. So, just give me a second. <laughs> I want to get my stuff together here. I brought my phone up here to keep track of time. I don't know if that's possible for me. <laughs> And I don't mean to scare you all. <laughs> I'm not going to preach all night. <laughs> but I do have my clock up here to let me know how long I have been up here. But like I said, I've been praying for you. I've been uh, calling out to the Lord daily about this night. And I just believe great things are going to happen. And two specific things that I've been praying and I've been declaring during my prayer time for each person in this room, I pray that when you leave here tonight, that your hopes would be high and your faith would be strong. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. I pray that if there be any among us tonight, that your heart is is hopeless, that you're heartbroken with hopelessness tonight. I pray that your hope would be restored. And then Hebrews eleven six it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I pray if there any be weakened in the faith tonight, if you're struggling, believing God's promises, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, as you hear the word of the Lord tonight, that your faith would be strengthened and renewed. And so tonight, as we get started, I have one scripture that I'm going to go with as the foundation of the, of the message tonight. And I'll be reading a different scripture as I go along, but this one scripture I want to use for the foundation, and that's found in Romans 
chapter 4, verse 17. Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. And he's talking about Abraham. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. And I want to focus on the last part of that scripture. The God that calls those things which be not as though they were. And tonight, just for a little bit, I'm going to preach on it is what it ain't. It is what it ain't. And I know that sounds a little crazy. That sounds a little funny. And you've probably heard something similar to that, but that has a little twist to it. You've probably heard the phrase, well, it is what it is. That's a pretty popular saying in the world's culture today. And for, for many years, I can remember people saying, well, it is what it is. Or maybe you've said it. Maybe you've said it recently or heard somebody else say it. And usually when somebody says, it is what it is, there's, there's a hopelessness attached to that phrase. There's despair attached to that phrase. There's discouragement attached attached to that phrase because what you're saying is you see your circumstance through the natural eyes and you say you know what we might as well just give up because it is what it is this has happened this is my lot in life it's always been this way it's always going to be this way it is what it is but I have come tonight to destroy the lies of the enemy because according to scripture according to 417 God Romans 4 17. God is the God that quickens the dead. He is the God that calls those things forth that be not as though they were. And you may be looking at your situation tonight, and it may look crazy. It may look chaotic. It may look confusing. But the word of the Lord says that he's working all things together for your good. You may not see it in the natural, but you can profess it and you can say, say it from the Spirit, from according to the Scripture. And God is faithful and he will do what he said he would do. And one story that I want to focus on tonight, that it would have been easy for them to say, you know what? It is what it is. This is what God's, this is what God has allowed me to go through in life. I'm just going to throw my hands up and give up and say it is what it is. And that's the story of Abraham and Sarah. And many of you, you may know this story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And you can read about it in chapters 15, 16, 17, and 21 of Genesis. But I'm going to just kind of go through these chapters and paraphrase it. Maybe you've never heard it tonight, or maybe you just need to familiarize with it. But in chapter 15, the Lord's speaking to Abraham. In verse 5, it says, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. God was speaking to Abraham, an old man, an elderly man, and his wife was elderly, way beyond childbearing years. He was speaking to them, and he was speaking to Abraham and said, your seed will be great. Your seed will be of multitudes. And Abraham, his response was he believed God. When he heard the word of the Lord, he believed God. But something happened. Time began to pass. Years began to go by. And guess what? No child. No child. No child. 
And Abraham and Sarah, they kept going through the journey of life and believing, trying to believe God. But I believe they got a little discouraged because when we read in chapter 16, we read about Sarah. And in these days, it was very customary for if you could not conceive a child on your own, you would call for your handmaid to come in and to be with your husband. And the handmaiden of your home would conceive the child and that child would belong to you. So instead of them standing on the promises of God and what God was saying, I believe they started looking at things through the natural because Sarah was talking about how the Lord has restrained me from having a child. We must do something else. In other words, they must take matters in to their own hands. And so they called forth Hagar, and she conceived a child, and his name was Ishmael. And so what happened? Years went by, and they had this child, and years and years went by. And in chapter 17, we see where the Lord begins to speak again. And in, not, in verse 19, it says, And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. God had revisited the situation with the promise of Isaac. The promise that was spoken probably 13 years before this, God came and spoke it again. He reminded them of the promises of God, even beyond their mistakes, beyond what they were trying to do in the flesh. God said, no, this is not what I've promised, for Isaac will be the child of promise. And so then we can go over and we can read in chapter 21, chapter 21, verse 1, 2, 1 and 2, it says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Verse 2 says, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. After 25 years of waiting on the promises of God, because when this took place, Ishmael, he was 13 years old, and they conceived a child. They conceived a child in their own age, which was Isaac, the promised child. And I want to talk about or mention two things that will keep you from walking in the promises of God. I believe two big barriers that the enemy will use against you so you will give up on what God has placed on the inside of you. And the first one is time. Like I said, it was 25 years after God spoke, and that's when Isaac was born. And so many times... God will speak a word into your heart, into your spirit, and he'll give you a desire. And this desire is deep within. You try to get away from it, but you can't. You go to sleep at night thinking about the desires of your heart. You'll wake up thinking about the desires of your heart. And you'll begin to think time will pass, one year, two years, three years. And then you say, well, I must give up on that promise because three years have passed. Five years has passed. Surely God's not going to answer my prayer. Surely he would have answered by now. Five years have passed. Ten years have passed. But I want to tell you tonight what God has promised in your heart according to scripture. He will give you the desires of your heart and time is no barrier to God. Time will not cancel out the promises of God. For God goes beyond time. He's not looking at his watch. He's not looking and seeing how many years have gone by since he's promised you what he's promised 
promised you, but he is just looking at the promise. And God spoke to my heart many years ago, and he said, Jessica, you don't need to know when, you just need to know. And God is looking for some people that will stand firm on his promise even when time goes by. Don't be discouraged if your promise has not arrived yet just because years have passed. Time will not cancel out the promises of God in your life. And the second thing is age. A lot of times people think, okay, we read about Abraham and Sarah. They were beyond years, beyond childbearing years. They, they were older. People would have people looked at them and said, you're crazy to be believing God. Don't even waste your time believing God. The time has passed. You've missed out. Time has passed. You are too old. But I want to tell you, no matter if you're young, you're middle-aged, or if you're old, age is no barrier to God. Age is no limit to God. And you've heard it said before, if you've got breath in your body, there's still a plan for your life. No matter how old you are, or even if you're young, the Bible says don't look down, don't allow anyone to look over you because of your youth. But be encouraged tonight that God's got a plan for you right where you are. And that is no barrier. Time and age is no barrier for God to reveal his promises to you. And two things that I want to talk about quickly that will propel you, I believe, into the promises of God. And the first one is the spoken word. Genesis 21-2 says, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. I want to let you know that long before Isaac was conceived in Sarah's womb, he was a word from God. Isaac was a spoken word from God to Abraham long before he was ever conceived. And a lot of times, words, we need to know that words are very important. And a lot of times for us, the primary use for words is for communication, and that's important. We've communicated to not using what? Words. But if we go according to Scripture, in Genesis 1, we see the primary use of words is for creation. Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if you read that first chapter, you will see that God said, God spoke, and then it was. The world was formed with the words from God. And I want to let you know tonight that you create the world you live in from the words you speak. Your words are powerful. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. God created God created with the, the world with the spoken word and you create your world that you live in day to day with the words that proceed out of your mouth. And the thing about that is it's a choice. You wake up every day and there's so many things in your life that maybe is out of your control. You may not have any control in different areas in your life, but one thing you do have control of is the words that come out of your mouth. It's up to you. 
It's your choice. Your husband doesn't choose your words that come out of your mouth. Your children don't. Your sisters, brothers, your family, your boss, your co-workers. Nobody chooses your words that come out of your mouth. It's up to you. And the Bible says that for us to walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. So I want to encourage you tonight to choose your words wisely. Choose your words according to the world and not according to the flesh. Or according to the Word and not according to the flesh. Because it's the world that you will live in. You will have the choice when when you speak your words. You're either speaking words that create despair, destruction, Destruction, death, depression, or you have the power to choose your words that speak life and speak life everlasting, that speak the power of Jesus Christ into your situation. Your words are important. And something that I like to do that I've been really intentional with is declaring the word over my own life. You know, I guess I started this being really intentional probably about January or February. So it's been a few months now. But before then, I was just kind of sporadic with my declarations of the word over my life. Like if I felt like, if I was feeling good, I'd just declare a word over my life. Like God's good and God's got a plan and God's going to do what he said he would do. But it wasn't consistent in my life. But like in January or February, I just felt like I sensed that I needed to be intentional with the Word of God over my own life. And I started using my time early in the morning. It's kind of a long story, but I would have to go to work before I went to school in Dallas. And then I would, I would go to work, come back, and then go to school. But when I was driving to work, I would take that time and I would begin to speak the Word over my life. And I still do that to this day. I still speak the word over my life every single day. And that is one way that you can walk out practically. You can walk in practical ways in the promises of God. And you have the choice every day with your words to have the attitude of, well, it is what it is. Or are you going to look according to the spirit, according to the word, and speak those things that are not as though they were? And now, I'm going to, like I said, I want to be practical so you can go out here tonight and you know what that looks like. But I'll be driving down the road and I probably look kind of crazy, but I got 10 on my windows, so it's okay. (laughs) So I'll be driving down the road and I'll be declaring the Word of God. I just, first I start out, I start out by thanking the Lord. And maybe you just have five minutes to drive to work. Or maybe you just have, you don't, maybe you don't work. Maybe you retired. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe, I don't know what your situation is. But I encourage you every morning, maybe when you're taking a shower. I mean, you've got to find the time. It doesn't take long to speak the Word of God over your life. But I'll be driving down the road, and I'll, start, I'll just start thanking God. I'll just start, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, because I'm tired, because I don't like to get up early, but I've got to get up early to get to work on time. But I don't care about how I feel, because I just want to be intentional with the Word of God in my life and the promises of God in my life. And so I'll start declaring the Word, and I, I usually start out with, the blessing of the Lord is on me. The blessing of the Lord is in me. I walk in divine favor today. God is perfecting those things that concern me. And whatever, just sometimes 
uh, just words from here and there will come up out of my spirit. But I have some that I will, that I will say every single day. And I'll say, it is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ that lives within me. And the life that I now live, I now live by faith through the Son of God who gave himself for me. And let me tell you, when you're by yourself and you start quoting the Word of God, I don't care how tired you are, you're going to feel a lot better real fast. And then I start feeling a lot better. So I just got, I just kind of charge right in. The, uh, I, I just preach right in my car. I'll preach to the wall. I don't care. I love to preach. And so I just start declaring the Word of God over my life, over my family's life, over this church, over different things where the Lord's leading me. And I'll just start declaring the Word of God. And something that I have found, I have found this. I just, this just hit me about a month ago. See, before when I was sporadic with it, a lot of times I would look at my situations through the natural eyes. And sometimes I would feel despair. Sometimes I would feel discouragement. And it would be easy for me to say, well, you know what? It is what it is. I just might as well learn to live this way. It is what it is. But I have found in my, when I am intentional of speaking the Word of God every day, there's no room for despair. There's no room for discouragement. There's no room for fear. Why? Because I'm hearing the Word of God first thing in the morning. Do I get discouraged? Yeah. I do, but you know what? I have been intentional with the Word of God, and I will go back to the Word that I spoke that morning. If I feel discouragement coming in, if I feel uh, despair coming in or hopelessness, I'll go back to the Word. I'll go back to the Word where, where it says, He is working all things together for my good. Even my past, even my mistakes. Maybe I would have went back and changed a few things, but you know what? God will go beyond the mistakes mistakes you make in life and he will work all things together for your good and I remind myself of the word and I remind myself of what God is speaking and I encourage you to do the same it just takes a few minutes all it starts it's with a choice it's with a choice of what words you're going to speak every day and back to my the title of my message it is what it ain't and I know that sounds crazy but that's the lifestyle that I want to live. I want to live that way. I don't want to assess my circumstances by my natural eyes. But I want to go to the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about my circumstance. See what the Word of God says about my life. So the first thing that I was talking about that will propel you into the promises of God is the spoken Word. And the second one is how do you even do that? You may be feeling like you don't understand what I'm going through right now. My flesh is paralyzed, maybe with fear, maybe with discouragement. Maybe your heart is broken tonight. But we do that by faith. We do not walk by sight, but we walk by faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You have to step out on faith, knowing that God is going to meet you where you are. You have to step out on faith, knowing that God is faithful, knowing that he will do exactly what he said he would do. And another one that I like to, that I like to declare is because I know God has got a call on my life. So out of the book of Luke, I just like to declare it, even when I don't feel like it. I like to declare that he's anointing me to preach the gospel. 
He's anointed me to heal the sick. He's anointed me to set the captive free. And my prayer tonight, if there be any sick among us, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. My prayer tonight, is there any, be, if any captives would be in the house tonight? Maybe you're bound by chains. Maybe you're bound by sin. I declare freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare the word of God over you. And that's the thing, back to speaking the Word of God. It may look a little messy in your life right now. Maybe you are bound by some sin. Maybe you are dealing with some sickness. And I'm not saying just act like your sickness is not there. A practical thing would be doing, if you're dealing with a sickness right now, and maybe you have to take ongoing medication for it. Get those, get that medication in your hand and declare the Word of God over that medication. You, you command that medication to react properly to your body. Because I don't know about you, but I've noticed the medication, they've got some crazy side effects. And I've, I've experienced some side effects of medication in my, with my own issues when I've been sick before. But if you have to take medication, speak that those side effects are are not going to attack your body and that medication is only going to heal what God's going to do on God's doing on the inside of you you've got to speak you've got to speak from the word of God <clears throat> so I thank God tonight for the word I thank God tonight for his faithfulness but I and I believe that tonight no matter what situation you're in, that God is going to do what he said he would do. And just to share a little bit more about my journey, I won't be much longer, just to share a little bit more about my journey. Like I said, I, I went to Dallas to Bible college, but going back a little bit, in high school, we, I remember when it got time to t we'd talk about what college you were going to go to and, and where you were going to go, and what you were going to do after high school. I remember thinking, all I want to do is go to Bible college. That's it. That's my next step. All, all I want to do is go to Bible college. And I'm getting ready to tell, show my age here, but we didn't have internet in high school. And I know that's funny to you young people, few of you young people here. I mean, we had internet at the house, but I, Google, that was before Google. I never got on the internet until I was a senior in high school and was on MSN Messenger. So that'll show you how old I am. But so I did not know of any Bible colleges. I didn't know, I didn't know, uh, that I didn't know anybody that had graduated from Bible college. All I knew is I had an overwhelming desire to go to a Bible college. And then, so I graduated high school. I thought that was impossible. And so I went to college around here and that, that didn't go too well because I did not want to be there. I thought I want to be at Bible college. And so years passed, kind of about four years passed, and then I was introduced to a few Bible colleges for, with this lady that we went to church with. To make a long story short, me and a few of my friends at the time, we set out to Dallas, Texas, and we were going to go to Bible college. And so we stayed a year. We didn't graduate because we came home that summer. And so I was a lot younger. They were a lot younger. And, you know, that's a big deal to pack your bags and go halfway across the country. For me, it was. And so we had to come home that summer because there was nothing for us to do on campus. And we got jobs. And just life happened. And nothing really bad happened. But we decided not to go back. And so I really didn't think of nothing of it. But then when that reality set in, to me that 
I was not going back to Bible college. The dream that I had was gone. The dream that I had was dead. That I had done that. That was a bad place that I found myself in. I'm just going to be real tonight. That every dream that I ever had just died on the inside of me. Because I thought that was my one thing. You know, this one thing you want to do. That was my one thing. And so, years would go by. Years, time had passed. And about twice a year, that Bible college would come back up to my mind and in my heart. And I would think, no, it's gone. It's too far. Like, that's impossible for me to go back. I'm getting older. I mean, time is passing. I've just let that slip away from me. It's just too much. And finally, in December of 2014, I was laying in my bed, and I remember I was so sick. I had strep. I was so sick, and I was just laying there. I didn't feel like watching TV, wasn't on my phone, laying flat on my back. And here it came again. Here it came, and I was like, Oh, gosh, no, because it would make me miserable to think about it, to think of what, if, what how I had failed. And, I, and I, took, I took from that, I took on the uh, identity as a failure because that one thing I let slip through my hands, and I thought, I'll never get that back again. But for some reason, this time, it was different. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Bible college, and I'm going to finish what God started. I'm going to go back. And just like Abraham, when God revisited me, I was pumped. I was like, yeah, I'm going. But the problem is, I didn't tell anybody. So then that gave me time to think about it. And that gave me time to let my flesh get in the way. So about February, um, just uh, because of a few events, I thought, no. I'm not going. That's kind of the conversation I had with God. I was like, no, I'm not going. And so from that no, it was just like discouragement, despair again. And so I went down a slope fast after that, that summer. That summer was a rough summer just because I was living according to the flesh. I had let the dreams that God had placed on the inside of me die. I let the call of God die, and I was just living life. And I was just, just, I was just like wrestling with what God had called me to do. And I remember I got in such a discouraging place. I was walking into work one day, and this was probably like in July 2015. I was walking into work one day, and the thought entered my head. I thought, will I ever preach again? And I was just so discouraged that day and so in despair because I thought, what am I doing? Like, like how did I get here? Like, I've given up on everything that God's called me to do. Will I ever preach again? And long story short, I went to Dallas, Texas, like two weeks before I was supposed to be there. I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. Yes, Lord, I'm going. I went and I moved to Dallas, Texas on a word from God. Joshua 1-9, that was what I was living my life on. That no matter where I went, that God would be with me. And I packed my bags. I tell you how much I was set on this finally. When I left Kentucky... I had started the process of an application so late that they hadn't even told me that I was apply or accepted into the college yet. But I told mom, I was like, I don't care. I'm going. And if for some reason I'm not accepted, I'm going to stay at that college until they let me in because I know this is what God's called me to do. And how, and to go back to the thought, will I ever preach again? Well, obviously I'm preaching right now. 
But I enrolled in homiletics, and it's a, the art of preaching and teaching. It, it just helps you with your preaching skills. And when I was down there, not only did I preach again, but I, when we had a final, we had to preach a, a message for 10 minutes. And when I preached that final, I made a 100 along with some other people in the class. And out of that group, I was chosen to preach in front of the entire student body. And I don't say that any way to puff me up or whatever, because anybody that knows me knows that I wouldn't do that. But I'm telling you that whatever situation you're in right now, I don't care how full of despair it looks. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. God's got a plan for you above what you can see right now. God's got a plan above your mess. God's got a plan above whatever you're facing right now. And here's the thing about Abraham and Sarah and about my own life. Those years, I felt like I was just wandering around between when I went to Bible college the first time and the second time. And this time I did graduate and God did finish on the inside of me what he had started 10 years ago. But something that Abraham and Sarah done, they begin to produce things in the flesh, in the natural. And I done that myself. I made decisions based on my feelings, not based on the word of God. And I made some mistakes in the last couple of years. But God, and maybe you're there too. Maybe you say, you know what? I've blown it. I've went too far. No, that's a lie from the enemy. Because no matter what, even when when they had Ishmael in the flesh, God still promised Isaac by the Spirit. And maybe you've produced some Ishmaels in your life. That does not cancel out the Isaac that God's got for you tonight. Because God is faithful and he'll do what he said he would do. And they can come on and come to the music now. And I believe God is, I believe that God's going to do some great things tonight. So if you would, wherever you are right now, If you're a person of prayer that prays according to the word, I would ask you to pray right now because I know that God is wanting to do some incredible things right now. And as they begin to sing, just, just right where you are, you can stand on your feet. You can stand up and we're gonna pray and we're gonna ask God to come in. But one thing I want us to do, I want us to declare the word of the Lord over your situation. If you need prayer, we're going to be here to pray for you. But one thing that I, want, that I want us to do is declare the word over your situation. No matter what your situation is tonight, God's got a promise for you. God's got a promise for you right where you are. Right where you are. It may be the darkest time of your life right now, but God's got a promise. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I feel the Holy Spirit in here now. God has got a promise for you. God has got a promise for you. Right where you are, even death cannot defeat the King. For Jesus Christ, He hung on a cross. 
He died and he was buried and he rose again on the third day. And he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And the enemy would come to you this night and tell you that God is not faithful. There's somebody in here tonight. Your heart is so devastated. Your heart is so broken. That you believe that God is not faithful. You don't understand why you're dealing with what you're dealing with. But that thing in your life the enemy would try to cause those things that happened to you in your life and blame it on God but I want to remind you tonight that God is faithful and no matter if your heart is broken if your heart is devastated he is faithful And he will do what he said he would do. And maybe you're waiting on a promise from God. Maybe it's a big promise from God. But you know, maybe you say, you know what? I'm not really praying for anything big right now. I'm not praying to have kids. I'm not praying for a job. I'm not praying for that. The promises of God are yes and amen. The promises of God are for you to get up every morning and to walk in them day in and day out. Because if you walk day in and day out in fear and anxiety and depression and whatever else, those are not promises from God. And that is not the will of God concerning your life. But God's promises are peace. God promises to give you peace that passes all understanding. God promises to fill your life with joy. God promises that your needs would be met. God promises that He will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think. Let's just worship the Lord right now.